Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living That Belle Vie. I am your host, Monday Young, international life and business coach. And today I am speaking with Stephanie Montague. That's right, just like in Romeo and Juliet. And she is going to be here talking to us about her journey of moving abroad during a pandemic, the and also dealing with learning a new language. But um, Steffi has a very popular blog that is called Steffi's Adventures, where she talks about exploring her life abroad and being an expat for the for the first time. And we're gonna just have a really deep conversation about how difficult that journey can be moving to a place where you need to talk to people to learn a language, but you're actually in a pandemic and it's very difficult to. So I would just like to welcome Steffi. Hello, Steffi. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, it's really good to have you here. Now, we have actually tried to have this interview in the past, but due to some technical difficulties, yes. we have we, we had to go ahead and, and do it again. But Steffi's story is so interesting. That's why I wanted to have her on here. And um, she has been really good to document for the whole world her journey of becoming an expat for the first time. So Steffi, why don't you tell everyone where you are and how you started documenting um, your adventure of moving abroad? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm English. Uh, originally, I come from the UK, but I moved to Germany in 2019, um, kind of the late half of 2019. Yeah. Uh, with my boyfriend, um, and um, yeah, had to to learn to learn German <laughs> um, yeah. as my first Which foreign language and learn to live in a new culture. Yeah, I don't think I could have picked a harder European language for sure to learn. <laughs> Yes, yes, um, you did. Yeah, so we've been here for yeah two years exactly. Today is our um, second uh, German anniversary. Yay, um, congratulations. And yeah. you survived. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started my blog. Yeah, thank, thank God. Yeah. Um, I started my blog um, to actually to keep family and friends who weren't on social media um, or that I didn't keep in regular contact with you know those that were not immediate family um yeah. to keep them up to date to show photos and um kind of explain how life was here and then i really um started to connect with a, a lot of people through the blog and through my instagram account and so i um i started to turn the content more into kind of how to live in germany how to learn a language for the first time if you're an adult um and just all the fun and frustrations as well that I was having yeah. and experiencing here. Um, yeah, well, let's talk a yeah, little bit kind of about right from those there. funds, those funds and and frustrations. So, um, if I if I know correctly, so you moved to Germany and then the pandemic hit not too long after, right? Yeah. So we moved and then six months after, which sounds like a, a long time, but um, in those six months, I did not have a job, and then sure. I got my job in March 2020 <laughs> and then I was there for a week and everything shut down um, yeah. I managed to keep my job I was, I'm super grateful like I've been working the whole time but I, I still don't know 90% of my colleagues because it's Everybody still not back to normal so home. yeah I mean I can't imagine yeah. how that I mean 
six months might sound long, but it, it isn't. Not when you just move to a new place. Six months goes really, really fast because you're getting settled in. You're kind of just learning how to get around and stuff like that. Six months can go by in a blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was just starting to get to know Germany and like starting to enjoy it um, yeah. after I kind of had a period where it was all magical and then I kind of dipped a little bit and then um, I started to, to kind of go back up and to really love being in Germany and then the pandemic hit and I had to stay indoors for however long. Tell me, how did you, how did you, during the pandemic, how did you stay connected to the outside world and practice German, you know, while you were learning? How were you able to sort of keep your spirits up during that time? Um, I think, thank God for for the internet, right? In in these times, because it's been mostly I've done a lot of online learning. Um, there's a bunch of different online platforms, which has really really helped. Um, because the thing, the hardest thing for me was because I was still learning the language. I almost relied on being able to read people's lips. Uh, right. and read their facial expressions on okay. how to, on how, how they were feeling and what the words kind of meant because Germans are very expressive in that in that way they use their hands a lot they use facial expressions quite a bit and then when we had to start wearing masks i i couldn't talk to my colleagues or my neighbors or the people in the supermarket in the same way yeah so to do online learning where i could see my teacher's face and i could read Lip, or, you know see how she was looking um yeah that was really really helpful and i think to stay connected yeah social media any the online world has been um life-saving i think for for a lot of people during the time yeah and i always tell people that you know language is not just about the words you're speaking that it there's so many different elements of language and just like you know just like you were saying that you know, reading people's body language, um, you know, trying to understand what their hand gestures are trying to communicate to you, um, that you get so much context just from watching a person before you even, you know, start to understand what's coming out of their mouth. Yeah. And pitch and tone as well, the way that language flows gives you a good indication of whether they're happy or sad or angry. Now, for me, with German, that's really difficult because they always sound a little bit, it, it can be an aggressive language when they're talking. And I've been in Germany, I'm like, are they fighting or are they, you know, just so, having a normal conversation? So how did you start to I, learn about the pitch and the tone of the German language of when they're actually, you know, just having a normal conversation or when they're <laughs> angry? Um, so I'm, I'm getting there. I am getting there now, but I still have, for example, I think last week um there was an incident at work and and i could not tell they were two colleagues who i didn't really know that well or i yeah. don't I, one of them i'd never even met before um worked in a different department and and whatever and i i just couldn't it was they were so loud and so aggressive with the way they were talking i was like i don't know is this a f should i be concerned is this a fight or are they just like asking how their children are i don't know so, no, it, is, so it is still true. a struggle yeah it's so true yeah but i mean that's something i yeah. think that's maybe missing from a lot of language learning and that is exactly what you said pitch and tone understanding 
you know, how to, you know, what is the actual, I always tell people language is kind of like singing. It has a rhythm to it and how you start to hear a language. And when it really starts to, um, once your ear gets educated, it's once it's understood the rhythm of that language. And then you really can, cause like French is very singing like, bonjour, comment allez-vous, ça mm. va, ta, 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 ta. So it's very like that. And, and I don't know what the German sort of rhythm is. <laughs> That's it. I think the German, especially <clears throat> because you're right. Yeah. French is very musical and it's, um, in, in the way that the language is constructed. And I think also languages like Spanish and Italian are also kind of musical in, in that way as well. But with German, it's, because a lot of the sounds are so much harsher. Yeah. It's kind it's, of it's difficult in the throat, to right? um, it's like a very Yeah. Yeah, lots of going on. <laughs> so that must have been was that hard to learn how to, you know, get get to that? Because that's not really we don't really use our throat as much in English, I don't think. That I think that that's that oh, must be a difficult all, exercise yeah. to really kind of start to use your your throat in a different way that you've never had before. Yeah, it, it's difficult. And I still don't have it down. Um, I still say words that, and, and the Germans will look at me and be like, what, what? Because <laughs> there should be this kind of like extra sound in there and I've got no, so I'm just pronouncing it with my English accent. Um, and there's the rolling of the R, I cannot get at all, I cannot get. And I think that my friend is Scottish and she gets it perfectly fine. But right. I think in the Scottish accent, they they have these sounds yeah. that are similar to um, to a lot of the sounds in German. But yeah, English, and my family come from South England as well. So it's very much a flat, flat toned language in the yeah, South of England. Yeah. And, I, and I think people have, you know, really have to, you know, when you're learning a language to understand that you're really gonna be making sounds your, your mouth has never made before. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, and there's, um, there's, there's. I don't know about in French, but there's words in German. I still, I sound so stupid saying them because we just don't have them in English. But they're like these little. So, for example, there's a word in German. It's just na, n a, na. Yeah. And it's how people greet each other. It's it's a way of saying hey, how are you? It's like a hey, how are you? And then you can answer by saying na and. You can have a whole conversation just with the word na. But I said, like, I call my colleagues and they always say, na, be gates, which is like, hey, how are you? How are you? And I'm, I still sound so stupid saying na <laughs> down a phone line to some. <laughs> it's not natural for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and how about for your partner? Because, you know, we, we talk a lot about that, how... Um, you know, I'm married to a French partner now, but when I when I first came to France, I my my partner was Dutch. He he had a little bit of French, and it was my first time learning a language, but it wasn't his first time. So he advanced a lot quicker than I did. Like we were on two totally different levels for I would say at least the first three <laughs> years, and you know that you know, that can be a f- bit frustrating because you see you see your partner being able to have conversations and to read things and you're just like, I want to get there. So how has that been for you, for you and your partner? Because you, you're both, you both came from England. So has that journey been mm-hmm. about the same for you both or you've, 
or you're processing the experience differently? I don't think he would mind me saying that his German is uh, much worse than mine. <laughs> his understanding, our understanding is about the same. He can understand what people say to him, but his speaking is is not so good. But I do think a lot of the reason behind that is the people he work with are all very young, young Germans. You know, they're seven, 17 to 25 years old. Yeah. Um, and the nature so of his English. work is in mm. English. Yeah. So they all speak English with each other. And he doesn't really get this chance to practice as much as I do. My colleagues are older more german can i say i don't sure I don't, like definitely they, they only it's, speak and german it's more formal you know it's i think that's i think that's another yeah. thing about language too that that we don't talk about a lot that it is generational you know you have i think yeah you know, sure even even in even in france you have certain you know because in france we have the polite you have the polite version and then you have the informal mm. version so the polite version is for people you don't know or in your professional life until that person gives you they have to literally give you permission to use the informal language with them. <laughs> do they have that in german too yeah the same in german yeah, yeah. same in german yeah we have you know, the like, um, formal and informal um yeah, we have the informal and uh, formal use. Like, uh, it's like do is informal and see is formal. And yeah, I had to wait for my colleagues to be like, it's okay, you can use do, before I was yeah. kind of allowed to. Yeah, for us, uh, it's to it's do that. Vous. It's quite funny. <laughs> yeah, for us, it's vous and and tu. You know, so it's like, and then if you want to, yeah. and if you mm -hmm. want to change, you have to ask someone like, uh, je je peux vous tutoyer. And then, you know, the, the, I, I mean, it must be hard to say no to someone. Like, I've never had anyone tell me, like, no, you can't. I mean, you know? It's, it's, and that's generational. You have some people that, because the, like some of the new generation of French people, they'll start to use the informal quite quickly. And for, you know, mm -hmm. the older generation in France, they, they see it as extremely rude if you start to use the informal version with them you know, straight away before they, before they know you, if you don't greet them properly, you know, they start to question your level of education, you know, all of these things come <laughs> in just from not, you know, following a certain protocol. So I think when you're learning, um, a language, there's, there's sort of two totally different set of rules, depending on the age of the person that you're talking to, especially in the language with the formal and informal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, my, I have a couple of colleagues who are maybe the same age as me or maybe a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, and they, first day that I was working there, they went straight in with the informal. Um, and kind of generally the rule is as well in Germany that if you're speaking to somebody who's your age, um, like a friend or younger than you, you mm -hmm. use the informal. But if you're speaking to someone who's older than you or like um, in a position of authority or respect, then you use the formal. Mm. So I know, I know my neighbors. Uh, there's one neighbor I have who I know quite well now, um, but she's a lot older than me. Right. So I still use the formal with her um, and she hasn't said to me not to. So it's kind yeah. of that like, it's like a level of respect. Kind yeah, of it's thing like speaking for to the elderly. Elder. Yeah. Now for us in, um, in French, writing is so very different than speaking. 
I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the same in Germany. It's so much more complicated <laughs> to write French than it is to speak French. So how has that been for you? Because for me, like with the accents, all the different accents and all those things that we don't have in English, I would say that was sort of the hardest thing for me to learn. Yeah, and, and we moved to possibly the, the worst place in Germany in terms of accents <laughs> because we moved to Bavaria, which like famously has this this uh, really strong, thick accent. Um, yeah. And the problem is it changes as well when you cross the river or you go a li- 10 kilometers further south, the accent changes. So that has been particularly difficult to deal with. But I, in some ways I think it's quite good because I learned to understand this really difficult accent first. Yeah. And so now when I meet someone from the north of Germany, from where they speak, uh, proper German, which I use in air quotes because <laughs> that, it's the Germans fight about this all the time. Um, yeah. But I can understand them pretty easily because I, because I can understand the... Bavarian German. Yeah, for me, when I... When yeah, I... so it's like throw yourself in at the deep end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, I mean, it, I was, you know, it's similar for me. When, when I was learning French, I went to the Sorbonne. And I was telling my teacher, like, well, what we're learning in here is not what I'm hearing out there, you know? And she was like, well, you're learning how to speak properly. She was like, you need to first learn yeah. <laughs> how to speak properly. And then you can transition to speaking, you know, every day on the street language. She's like, but you need to know how to do it properly first before you just, you know, Because if the situation comes up where you need to use, you know, the language in a very formal way, in a very proper way, she's like, it's it's better for you to have that so that you know why you're changing it or why or where that word come from or why it's shortened. And, you know, she was like, it's going to give you more context in the future. And I think she was really right. I'm really glad that I learned um, both of them, because if I would have just said like, you know, you know, screw this. I'm just going to go for the street lang, the thing that's going to get me around every day. It would have been really difficult once um, I started my professional career where I started having French clients as well and sort of, you know, negotiating contracts with different companies and things like that. But if I didn't, if I wouldn't have had that formal training, I would have really, you know, that would have been a real disadvantage for me in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think the same for me as well. And actually, it's caught me out a couple of times, the fact that I've learned this um, Bavarian German or certain words and phrases in Bavarian German. Yeah. Because I'm now looking, well, I'm I'm going to take uh, an official exam for my German at the end of this year. Okay. Um, and so I'm taking the like the proper course. And sometimes when I do my speaking, um, it comes out with, I come out with the phrases that I'm hearing and that I'm picking up on that I talk every day in. And my teacher is just like, no, no, (laughs) please don't say that in your exam. (laughs) I did not teach her this. Yeah, it's so funny. She's like, you're going to make me look bad. Like, could you please try to remember what I taught you? But Steffi, I, you know, as we're coming a bit to the end of our time and I want you to tell us you know, a bit more mm. about your, a bit more about your blog, where people can find you, what they can um, 
find on there and how they could get in contact with you, you know, if they have questions, you know, if, if they may be going to Germany, visiting German or learning German, go ahead and just give us a little bit of information, a little bit more information about, about your blog. Yeah, so um, the blog is adventuresofsteffi.com and uh, my Instagram is at the adventures of Steffi. And yeah, it's, um, I put a lot on the blog about learning the language, how to learn a language uh, or how I'm learning language because I think the way I'm doing it is maybe a little bit different than a traditional route. Yeah. Um, and especially as an adult, learning a language for the first time as an adult because it's totally different if you're a kid. And I, I like to write funny stories about things that I see and hear and just little cultural quirks that are totally different yeah. between the UK and Germany because when I first moved here, I didn't think there was going to be that much difference because it's Europe. We never do. It's a Western country. Yeah. Like, how different could it be? Um, yeah. And because they speak English <laughs> oh, so well, and because they speak English so well, you think that they're going to be, mm -hmm. you know, also that the culture is going to be there as well. And language does not necessarily mean cultural similarity. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, <laughs> I really like writing about, about stuff like that. And yeah, I've been writing a lot lately as well about Brexit and the situation between sure. being a UK uh, expat or um, immigrant, uh, wh whichever word you prefer to use uh, in, in living in Europe, because it's, been quite the change and quite the um quite I'm the sure. journey i think for all of us i know and it's been confusing for <laughs> for all of us too at the same time but before we get out of here steffi i would just like you to drop three little pearls of wisdom for someone who is you know moving mm -hmm. abroad for the first time and learning a language for the first time what, what would be the three key things that you would say could help them on their journey so i think yeah, the first one with, with learning a language for the first time, find a way that makes it fun and accessible to you. Because for some people, and for me, like a, a classroom course with a textbook, it just was not the way for me to go. Okay, so what yeah. would be your second um, tip? Second tip, be prepared to sound like a child, despite the fact you are an adult. And I think this comes from a fear we have as adults of going back to a childlike state. Yeah. But we can learn a lot from children because they are sponges, right? They they just absorb everything around them. And um, they're less concerned about what And also they start think from the beginning them. and they, they don't care they don't care about making mistakes, about how they yeah. sound, they're trying and that yeah. is all that matters to them. And we mm. we as adults applaud them for that. So yeah. I don't feel like we should go back to that but as adults as well. So for me, yeah, it's like, once I got over that barrier, that fear of, I am gonna sound like a child for a significant period of time. Mm. And then the the Germans just didn't care because they loved that I was trying. Yeah, And the, yeah. Uh, the Germans will correct you if you're, <laughs> if you're making mistakes anyway, don't worry. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, that's one of, you know, with, with a lot of the people that I work with, that's the biggest thing that holds them back from, actually getting into the language is that they're they're so subconscious 
in their mind. And and I told him, I said, people are not caring about you. I was like, do you think, you know, the guy's going home and talking to his wife about the American girl he met in the cafe who couldn't pronounce properly? It's like, they're not, <laughs> you know, they just going to try to figure out what you're saying and they're going to go about their day. So <laughs> it's like, it's not to be so self-conscious that if you're trying, that's, you know, that's better than not trying at all. So it's like, I have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and then soon it'll it'll just be like for sure nature yeah and i think it's as well as adults we're always like we we only care about ourselves in in like a mm. nobody cares about themselves uh nobody cares about anyone else as much as they care about themselves sure. so like you said about like if you meet someone do you, do you really think that they're gonna <laughs> go home and gossip about you no we're adults they, yeah we got other stuff to do <laughs> okay so what will be your last mm -hmm. uh pearl of wisdom for us here yeah so my last one is is to submerge yourself in the language mm -hmm. in any way that is possible I agree with that. again that makes it fun that. for you yeah um and i think these days even if you're not living in the like in the country of the language mm -hmm. that you're learning the internet right is so um valuable these days netflix yeah. there's so much foreign language stuff on netflix and for every for me i'm a huge comedy fan so yeah. I really love watching stand-up comedy in different languages um, yeah. and comedy films, podcasts. I, I always, I listen to the news in both German and English. So I listen in English first, yeah. then I listen in German on my podcasts and it helps that I've listened in English first. So I can really then, I already understand half of what's going on when I listen yeah. in German. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I totally anything agree that you really YouTube anything like that. <laughs> yeah, because I, I always advise people. I said even if I said you don't always have to be like looking at a book and and concentrating and and mm -mm. and learning. I said you, it just needs to be on all the time. Like the news needs to be on in the background. You know, like your brain, your your subconscious is still taking it in. It can still hear it, and it also re-educates your ear which is what you really which is what you're really going to need and that and with time you'll just start to hear mm -hmm. more and more words more and more words but you need to be like you said immersing yourself in the language for it really to start to become alive inside of you yeah so, that's a great tip there Steffi. definitely <laughs> and yeah and I've, I've learned um myself uh, as a as an example, I haven't actively learned German, so I haven't taken classes for right. almost two months. And yet I'm finding that my spoken German is much, much better than it ever has been. Mm. And that's because I'm listening, I'm just passively learning. Then this passive yeah. learning really helps your cognitive development. And I'm really finding it much easier to just switch from the language, from English to German, much quicker now. And so, yeah, it does. It really, really does work. It really, really does make a difference. Well, Steffi, I want to thank you for coming on yeah. here and sharing your experience with us. So and for all those yeah. listening, I will be going I will go ahead and put all the details of Steffi's blog in the description so that you can find her and find her on Instagram. So I just want to thank everyone for listening to us here today on WRP. And we look forward to, to speaking with you next time. 